0: Hey folks and welcome along to episode 97 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. The podcast where we dive deep into entrepreneurs journeys, their challenges, their failures, their wins, their successes to give you the listener a better idea of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and be in that world and hopefully inspire you and fire up your inner hunger for the hustle and maybe make you even make that switch from an employee to an entrepreneur. My guest today, is Kyle Spyrides. I think I've got it right. I'm not sure. I kind of, well, we'll figure it out. It's, it's however you read it, Roma. Um yes, Kyle, exactly. videographer, videographer, heart health speaker, and, and the creator of the Decide Your Destiny movement. Decide Your Destiny is also the title of his forthcoming book, which I'm looking forward to speaking with Kyle about. Kyle is joining me from Western Australia, so not always as far away as a lot of my guests, but still actually quite far away, really. Three hours time difference. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? I nearly said this morning. <laughs> fact, yeah, mate, I'm look, well, it's still morning there. It's still morning there.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah, 9.15 9, 9, in the morning. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show and um, I'm doing really well, mate.
0: Pleased to hear it, mate. I I'm really am, I'm really am. I'm so, Let's dive into it, Carl. I mean, how long have you been doing your own thing as a photographer, videographer?
1: So I've been I've been doing this for about six years, um, and so mainly what I do is uh, now I do business and branding photography for business owners, and then in the videography side, um, it's more sort of storytelling. So capturing like some of my videos, like the time capsule journal. So I capture elderly people's stories. That's oh, you know that's one of the projects that I'm doing with the videography side of things and that's been um obviously a bit, a bit challenging la- over the last few years um because i launched it right around uh <laughs> 2020. so you know but but that's okay like you know the the, the heart and soul of, of the purpose of, of capturing early, elderly people's stories is still there i mean it started off with my grandparents and capturing their story so that, that's what i do there but then with the photography I, I do um i got into it for portraits and really capturing the essence and the soul of the person and sitting with them for a while and, and chatting with them and diving deeper. And then eventually they kind of reveal their their essence. And, you know, and that, that kind of eventually went into a whole range of different photography. And then I kind of decided to choose my lane of branding and business photography.
0: Great, right, yeah. nice, nice. I've got to ask, mate, while, while we're there, what, your, what is your grandparents' story? Because of course everyone, that generation has a great story of how they came to Australia and what they did when they got here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, my grandfather, my grandparents' um, story is, you know, grew up in, a, my grandmother grew up in a country town like Cobar. Um, mm-hmm. So it's about, it's quite a few hours in, in the middle of the, you know, middle of New South Wales. And, um, you know, they'd get dust storms and that sort of thing. And she grew up and her dad was a postman. Um, uh, but he, but he, he worked primarily at the post office. And, and everyone in that town would come to him with, with their issues. And eventually he ran for mayor and he, and he became mayor of the town. Yeah. And then he was mayor for about 10 years. Um, and he was going all the way up. He was going to go into parliament. Um, mm. And his friend was the, the, the leader of this, uh, like, um, he owned this newspaper company. And he was actually also going for parliament. And he met up with the. My grandmother told me the story a little while ago, and she said he, he met up with this guy because he was friends. But he was kind of, you know, in opposition party, going in for parliament. And the guy said to him, "Look, I'm going to have to kind of trash you in my newspaper because, like, I need, like, you're too popular. You're way too popular with the people, and I, I need the votes, you know, from all these areas so that I can get into parliament." And so I like asked, like, "Wow, okay, so I, I guess they weren't friends anymore." And and my grandmother said, "No, no, he just licked his wounds and 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 you know went on with it and just said, "Look, you know that, that's that's who that man is. That's not me, that's not for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'll continue, continue being mayor of my town so so that's where my grandmother came from and and, and she you know she's a, she's been a counselor her whole life. she's eighty nine she still has people who she's counseled years and years ago come up to her and um, say, listen, you 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 helped out my husband thirty years earlier. You did an amazing job. Can you help me out?" so She's still giving value, you know. I guess as we talk about entrepreneurs, she's still finding ways to give value, to in this day, you know. And and so she's still helping people out. I mean, that's the, that's the main point of it. And yeah, my grandfather, he um, I guess he was a bit of of a wild child, and he, he he definitely needed my grandmother, needed some so, someone to to stabilize him a bit. Um, and he, you know, he, he was not uh, how do I say, he was not prepared for a school life. You know, he. he, he indoctrination was not his uh, his mode of being and he couldn't wait to get out of school and um, you know he became an architect and and he built his own house uh, in Cronulla and that was he was the second house in that street and there was no sewage line to that area so the whole family thought he was crazy what do you think you're doing you know how are you going to survive you know what are you going to do but he just had this vision of 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 designing his uh, house and yeah, so, so that's my grandparent's story. And an interesting fact is I'm not related to them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so, so I was born in, uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, okay. and yeah, and my, and my, mo- my mother was traveling, um, around the world. Um, she was an international model and she met, um, a man in Sydney, Australia. Um, and, you know, they got married. Like that man said, you know, you gotta bring your, your boy over because, South Africa is pretty, Johannesburg is pretty wild, um, especially around that time. Uh, and Australia is pretty safe <laughs> comparatively. So, yeah. so you know, bring him over here, you're like, you know, he's going to have a better life. So, I came over and um, I walked into my grandparents' house, you know, the grandparents I've been speaking about, my Australian grandparents, and my grandmother said she could see me walking up the stairs and she she looked like, she saw in my eyes that I had this lost look in my eyes and I was looking around like, who are these weird Australians, you know, this isn't my South African family, you know, what's going on here. She said I had this look of terror and she said she had this overwhelming feeling and she can still see that boy today. Um, she talks about this at 89. She said she had this overwhelming feeling that she was going to be important in my life, um, and kind of like this message from God. So actually I ended up living with them and moving in with them at the age of 14 and they pretty much became my parents, to be honest. Like they were my stable parents for my life.
0: Oh, that's a really cool story. I'm glad I asked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you can it. No, you roll right from there to just capturing. You captured their story, and you, like you said, in this kind of time capsule thing, you have managed to capture other, older people's stories as well, which is a, a wonderful thing to do. A nice, quite niche thing as well, really. Inside video, you do it with videos or photos or a mixture of the a two.
1: Um, so I do a mixture of the two, but mainly with the video. So I'm trying to. Extrapolate their history and their story, and 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 you know what their their family has collated over the years, and create like a a small little journal that like a time you know time capsule keepsake that they can have forever. And that's really a passion project, you know, at, like at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's been it's special when when you have special grandparents and with their special stories. I mean, that that was the thing. I had people in my that I lived with that had you know one hundred and seventy eight. Years of life experience, you know, at that time when I was eighteen, so I, I would go into their room day and night and just ask some questions and pull things apart. And and as I was going through struggles and challenges and making mistakes in my youth, you know, they were always there for me, there to listen. Um, and a lot of the principles and values I have in my life now came from them. Yeah,
0: nice. so, I mean, I
1: think yeah. it's it's also a thing of like you know, when people are older, they
0: have, often have maybe some video depending on how old they are, you know, but certainly a lot of photos around, but they're all in different places and to put them in one place where, you know, and then to put that on something that's viewable, um, whenever they want to access it is something that's really, really nice. I actually think that would be a really nice gift as well. Um, someone it'd be a kind of a hard thing to put together without them figuring it out, but it'd be, of course it would be possible.
1: Exactly and uh, I mean like a lot of what I do as well like I put out blogs and I'm trying to inform people of how they can do it themselves you know like across the world you mm-hmm. know because I just think it's a it's a good thing to think about trying to collate and, and and how can you do it and yeah I mean it's it's interesting like I got into the photography so when I first started I was taking photographs of my family in my house and that included my mm-hmm. grandparents and mm-hmm. they weren't they're not used to photos like we are so you know a grandfather mm-hmm. would go oh God, Kyle, another photo. Haven't you taken enough? You know, and so I was working with some some tough models straight off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good place to get started, definitely. Yeah, and and I know you you said you touched on there. You know, you put up blogs of helping with people with photography, but as 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 well as that, you you do something called Spyride's Daily Doses. You know, awareness of Kyle's Spyride Daily Doses. Tell
1: uh, us more about yes, what that like, involves. Yeah, so I mean, like, so, so, so they're the, the side your destiny, day dose. Like, for me, I, my grandfather, he, because they were so important to me and my grandparents, um, and my grandmother was obviously the talker and, you know, the counsellor and much of said many of the words, but my grandfather was more the stoic man who, um, whatever words he said, you kind of held on to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the title of the book and the title of, like, the movement came about from him. So... I was sitting on the couch one day, and just in his in his you know his house, and he's got these lovely big windows, and and the sun was coming through the window, pouring onto his face, and you know he just turned turned to me and just said, "Decide your destiny," and I just said, "What?" Yeah, you because know, I was eighteen year old, so I, you know, I was like, I didn't really know what was going on. And He said, "Decide your destiny." I said, "What do you mean, Clive? What are you saying?" So make sure in your life, whatever you do, that you decide your destiny. And you know, I'd love to say that it was that moment that I you know got on my yeah got, got on my journey but you know I think that messaging that he gave me multiple times started ringing through as I did decide my destiny um, whether it was with my heart whether it was with um, you know like the health challenges or career or um, moving to different places in the world or um, you know different things like n- now with the book decide your destiny so so all those things came from that really important bit of wisdom that he shared with me simple simple but effective yeah
0: and i know you talk about heart health where does where did that sort of start coming from because it's it's quite um i mean a lot of people do a lot of speaking about a lot of subjects but you've kind of chosen to talk about heart health though which is pretty different i would say was there a particular event that kind of kicked that off for you or something that happened
1: yeah i mean the more that i i I talk and 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 i you know have you know speaking engagements here and there and 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 get out there and was finding my message and what i was talking about heart health came into it a lot and i mean look the main premise you know of deciding your destiny uh, you know things of addressing um you know like issues with with mental illness especially in australia and different sort of things and then heart health Mm -hmm. is a huge one because you know in australia the number one leading cause of death is cardiac arrest. And if you get into cardiac arrest, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they're talking about in Seattle, it's 62% chance that you're going to come out and you're going to survive. In Australia, it's 6% chance just because we don't have defibrillator 6% because we don't have defibrillators around. We don't have, you know, we're not aware. we, We don't, you know, we don't have people educated and informed and, you know that's what i find is that there's a lot of issues that 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 are prevalent in our society like suicide's a huge one in australia and heart disease and it's not spoken about and for me it came from a personal experience because about two months after i left school um i got quite quite sick and quite ill and that i mean (laughs) i don't know if we have time for that but that's quite a long story but 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 that story you know made me aware of my heart health and uh, I mean you know I I basically nearly died you know at the age of 18 um, and I had a had a massive, massive bug eating a hole into my heart um, and you know I had to make a choice whilst I was in the hospital what direction I was going to go um, you know that stepfather that I spoke about he um, he made he came over from Ireland because he was living in Ireland at the time and he informed me on both sides and he said this is the situation If we cut it off and we cut part of your heart then there's going to be a metal attachment to your heart you're going to be you're know, you 18 years old these are all the implications for the rest of your life Um, this is all the information if you want to sign the form and go to the surgery right now Um, or you can try this thing called the alkaline diet and the alkaline fast which is basically it's a fast where you you know get rid of all sugars in the body and you have a highly alkalizing diet for a set period of time, and you basically starve the bug out. So it's got no sustenance for it to survive and attack your valve. So for me at that time, at, at the age of 18, you know, all I knew was rugby and, and biceps and, and the gym. You know? I, I had no idea about alternative medicine or anything like that or, or alternative health. You know I was you, know, you came from school and you, you, know, you kind of saw the world. However, you were you were you know brought up in that setting, so. But I trusted the man, you know. I, I trusted, you know, Ward. I trusted my stepdad. I went, look, you know, you've always done right by me. You always looked after me, um, and if you say this can work, let's give it a go, and and then that started that journey. Which um, with your heart, you know, you're not you're not one and done. You manage it for the rest of your life. Just the same with your mental health, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you see psychologists or counselors or whether you whatever you do you know you you manage that for the rest of your life yeah
0: you certainly do i mean you must have managed it and figured it out pretty well mate because i know you're out there running at four o'clock this morning so (laughs) so, uh, you're still active right you know you're still still doing it yeah i mean i I think that's still living life
1: yes yes so so um lucky enough in that situation i i mean it it was a pretty tense time but i but i I decided to go the alkaline diet way, which wasn't um, socially approved <laughs> um, and I, I learned a few things through that process, you know, mm-hmm. um, nurses wanted to throw my vitamins in the bin, you know, telling really? me what do I think i uh, uh, yeah, so like ask me, well, what do you think I'm doing going against profs wishes and those sorts of things. And so I understand from my point of view is that, okay, look, they knew how to fix me in that setting and and what they wanted to do and they were all on board and then I was going completely against it you know mm. and so so i mean that was probably when i looked back that was probably the first time i've decided my destiny you know and i'm not i'm not advocating anything i'm not telling anyone at home i'm just sharing my story is that that was a risky thing to do and a risky thing to take but i believed in it i went for it i didn't believe that the outcome would actually get rid of the bug but i believed in my stepfather and we, we, you know, we got there and we asked the cardiologist, you know, what size does the bug have to get to until it's no longer an issue? And, um, you know, he wouldn't give us the answer. We kept, you know, come on, come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. And lucky I had my stepfather there. And he said, you know, just give us some numbers. He said, all right, if it gets to 0.5 centimeters, the bug's no longer an issue. And so we kept doing the juicing, the vitamins. I was visualizing, meditating. My grandmother had these old tapes of peaks and valleys and and all that sort of jazz. So, so I remember lots of peaks and valleys. And, you um, I did that for quite a set amount of time. And then he came in three weeks later and he said, oh, all right, we're going to operate. And we said, well, hold the bus. What's the figures? What's the numbers? Give us you know, give us all the information. And we looked and, he, and, we, and we found out that it was, and, you know, we asked him and he said, look, you know, it's actually at 0.2 centimeters. And so we cheered. We were so excited. And he walked out of there in a half and a puff. And, you know, long story short, mm-hmm. I left a couple of weeks later and, I made friends with this um, Somalian register. You know, this this this, this guy, I mean, him, like he was a registered for the cardiologist and we were just great mates. You know, we, we chatted a lot. And, we, and as I was leaving, leaving the hospital, he grabbed me on my shoulder and I turned to him. Um, I said, oh, I'm going now, mate. I'm, I'll see you later. And he said, oh, no, no, I'm just here to deliver a message from Prof. I said, okay. He said, look, he just wants me to let you know that, you know, your lungs are going to be full of blood. You're going to choke to death in your sleep. You'll die in about two months' time. And so I was like... Oh what? I just started crying, um, you know, and, and I, I was in this wheelchair and I just said to the person, pushing me, I said, get me the hell out of here, keep going, like get me out of this hospital. Um, I was very healthy at that stage as well. So, so you know, you mm. start to feel like the hospital's prison. Um, mm. You know, it served its purpose. So, so yes, yeah, so, so that was my experience and then I had to go on and try and see, all right, you know, I healed myself naturally here. How do I, how do I actually pair this valve because the valve part of it's been eaten off? Um, and that turned into a pretty long, long, long story. And then for about a year, I was going to a new cardiologist. I had 20% chance of repairing my valve, kept going back 50%. Then about a year later, he said, look, your heart's recovered from the trauma. Um, that's what he believes. And that, you know, it's going to be about 70% chance of repairing the valve. And so I called I said, what do I do? He said, what do you want to do? I said, I think it's time to have the surgery. So then I went in and I had um, open heart surgery. I was so focused on repairing the valve. That I woke up in ICU screaming, "Repair or replacement, repair or replacement," <laughs> and um, I feel sorry for all the other the patients in there because because someone grabbed my hand and said, "Oh, they repaired your valve, Kyle," and then so you know I I went, "Ah," you know I just started swearing. I was like, "Yes, like yeah, so, so happy, <laughs> just, just losing my nut, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet you were like, what a tale that was,
0: and I can't believe that. Um how insistent they were on wanting to operate on you i guess they just i guess they just didn't think that that would would be the only method that worked because it was the only method they knew had worked in the past and that you know anything else was just um you know not gonna not gonna save you i guess
1: yeah exactly and i think after that i i started realizing okay you know there's no surprise like you know I, i went to peru south america at one point and and chatting with those people, and they always believe natural first. You know, what can I do naturally? Of course, if it's, you know, they cut their finger or whatever it is, you know, they'll go straight to medical, depending on the, the issue. But they always look at natural first, um, see if natural can help out. If natural doesn't help out, then they go and see what else they can do. So, I mean, our, our civilization is, is the other way around, for sure. Um, whether it's Botox in your cheeks. from your face to your butt or whatever it is (laughs) no judgment but it's um you know i I think we're we're fast to uh go under the knife and personally for someone who has gone under the knife a lot um i was fast to do the opposite you know see see what i could do before i could i had to go under the knife because it's it's it it is irreversible you know regardless Mm -hmm. of what your opinions are it's it's um once you cut and you and you start going in and, and and fixing things you know, your car is not. Uh, you, I mean, your your body is not a car. It's not a not a motor engine. You know, it's 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 an organic material that once you affect one thing, it's going to affect you know hundreds of other things. So you have to be very aware of that.
0: Mm, it's a very interesting point you make. I think it's right what you say. You know, the kind of Western world. And we we to, It's funny you say the West. It's funny when you say the Western world, and then you talk about Australia because it's it's nowhere in the West, is yeah, it? I know, but it?
1: right.
0: has the same kind of, you know, uh, same kind of community and the same kind of lifestyle and the economy and such as places like the UK and America and of course, it's part of the Commonwealth, so it's, yeah, so we say yeah. The Western world anyway. <laughs> but it's, yes, I think it's a lot funny. more people are, yeah, I think a lot more people now are switching to more holistic, more natural therapies. You see a lot more of that going around, you know, and, And really the whole scope of that, you know, it can be anything just from mindfulness to yoga, breathing practices, uh, meditation, you know, like holistic therapies, you know, Chinese medicines. It's, it can come, there's a lot of stuff that can come under that. Um, Even, even down to like a lot of people use, you know, infrared saunas now and ice baths to heal themselves in, in certain different ways. There's, whole plethora of stuff and really i think it's all that stuff kind of growing all the time and it's it's a it's certainly a big big industry and actually funnily enough i did was it the last podcast i did i believe it might well have been yes i think it was yeah it was actually the last podcast i did with a friend of mine called yuri yeah. and he's over here in melbourne you actually yeah i know you i know you watched that one yeah. it was about psychedelic psychotherapy which is funny yes. enough because it kind of links into what we're talking about now and there's a, a lot of people uh, using psychedelics now compared with therapy of course not just on their own but and with someone who can um, you know introduce them to psychedelics and has a good depth and width of knowledge of them and um, whether that be you know a shaman in, in somewhere like Peru or whether that be you know someone that you can find that's practiced in it and is knowledgeable in it here in Australia but there's certainly a lot of people switching to it and yeah. using it and I think you're getting a lot more kind of I don't want to use the word celebrities, but people of notoriety people are in the public eye a lot more who, who yeah. are using it yeah and influencing it and sharing their stories and and it's you know it's come from something that's all a bit hocus pocus to actually people realizing it really does you know and I'm not speaking from experience here but experiences of other people that I've spoken and there have been many many people that are close and dear to me as well that have used it and it's just completely reset their energy. And uh, actually, it really intrigues me because I think about, you know, uh, there's always parts of us that we want to heal and need healed, and I think uh, exactly. it would certainly be a very interesting thing to try.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm. And it's the, it, I mean, it's the, the curiosity is, is is what's leading it. And I think something definitely got messed up along the way, where in in, in our history, whatever era you look at, where we will cut ourselves off from things and we will judge things and we will label things and we will, like you said, we'll call things just hocus pocus just because it's different. You know, someone could have a different opinion. Um, I mean, another big word now is uh, conspiracy or hocus pocus, like whatever it is, or woo-woo or, you know, like all these words. And I've realized like people that are on both sides get called the same word. So it's like you're not even putting that one person or that one side in a box because they're getting called the exact same words that the other side is getting called. So it's, I think it, it just comes down to, you know, keeping it simple and realizing, wow, when I was a kid, I was curious. What did that curiosity lead me to? Oh, figuring things out. Oh, I figured things out with my own body, with my physical strength, what I could do with, uh, with toys and Lego, with whatever it is. Oh, why did that end? You know, I became an adult. What do you mean? What does that mean? Oh, I listen to people tell me who I must like and who I must not like, and what I must be interested in, what I must not be interested in. And I think that's the great thing about podcasting as well, is that it's opening people up to long form discussions, and you're not having a five minute, you know, segment of you should not listen to this person, or you should listen to that person, or you, you know, which kind of sounds very much like the burning of the books, you know. So it's I think you got to keep that curiosity alive. And and that's where I think I think podcasts have grown so much because people are curious and they're going, Well, I'm not finding information from, you know, what I've been finding information from from, you know, so long. I'm finding a very surface level, you know, thing. And it's very lacking because I'm a deep human being with a heart and a soul. I want to get underneath and go deep, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true of most people. I wouldn't say everyone's deep. Some people aren't, but certainly, yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with that. The podcast podcast platform has just grown so much, particularly in the past. Um, I mean, it's been skyrocketed by, by COVID, of course, in the past 12 to 18 months because a lot more people are having a lot more time and having the time to enjoy these long conversations which yeah I'm just really blessed that I can find people to come on the show and and that there is so many of them because I love having these long tail conversations I love exploring people's stories and I love being able to have the opportunity to share those stories and, and draw them out of people because I think there's a lot of value in just people's everyday stories and experiences of life and and, you know people are willing and open to share them and people are willing and open to listen then there's something to be learned and there's definitely some value for either side of that conversation the beautiful thing about a podcast is that you can just go out there and talk about whatever you like there's no you know that this I I don't have any you know there's no one breathing down your neck saying you've got to mention this and you've got to talk about this and uh, by the way make sure you make you know uh, ad break here and ad break there I mean who knows might come to that point at like one time if you manage to monetize your podcast that's a, a different thing but yeah it's it's just raw and I, and I don't even edit my episodes i'm just like yeah raw put them out there this is as it as it happened this is as it came through and um yeah it's it's yeah it's just growing all the time um obviously not just my podcast but the whole thing as a as a whole There, um it's just a beautiful format and it's i like the fact you can have it on audio or video you know i'm someone who likes to kind of do a couple of things at once and uh, audio for me always yeah. works whilst you're um no doubt i've got a feeling Carla, might be you might be the similar type of person that probably puts a podcast on while you're going for a run or exercising
1: yeah 100 i mean one of the biggest things during 2020 um was you know people reach family reaching out going oh aren't you worried about this virus because your heart and, and all those sorts of things and and I flipped the switch and I went, well, it's time for me to boost my immune system as best I can. You know, and I went, I've healed my heart once and there was one measurement that I just couldn't get across, you know, it's like, so there's this thing called your ejection fraction and your ejection fraction basically measures how well your heart pumps. So how well your, how well your engine works basically. So, so, you know, normal people's ejection fraction is around 55 to 65%. mine was around 35% and once you get 20 and under it's pretty touch and go like you can't really go on planes you so it's a bit nervous so over the 7 years that didn't change so when the virus came you know and and I just went I'm going to go run every morning and I, and I just developed this kind of crazy military buddhist minimalist sort of way of living you know and I went running every morning juiced meditated um you know and also like tried to enjoy my day like like kind of Gives love back to yourself, which, you know, is a strange thing for a man to say, you know, like generally speaking in terms of our society. But, you know, kind of like have moments of appreciation and, and meditation really helped out with that. But I went for about, you know, a, a six-month period. I went back and the electrosurgeon was actually shocked because he was wanting to do another procedure to basically shock my heart because um, it was in atrial fibrillation, I'm wanting to shock it out of at atrial fibrillation. Um, and he said, your heart now, and it's only in 5% of people that your heart, that that their heart will enjoy being in atrial fibrillation post-surgery, but you're so far post-surgery and your heart is now enjoying being in atrial fibrillation. It's getting stronger. Um, your ejection fraction's at 49%. And that's what blew me away. I was like, my God, like, I haven't been able to change that number for seven years, you know? Yeah. And, and, and now, because I've gone to this, like, probably the fittest part of my life, I, I, you know, I, I did it. So... I think anyone listening is that, you know, as long as you have that will and you put that future goal and that 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 measurement that you want to achieve, you've got a real big reason. And look, there's plenty of reasons to find. There's reasons, there's, there's um, you know, uh, people dying from all sorts of things around the world, people that need help, people that just need a bit of a boost from a podcast. Um, you know, there's child trafficking, there's all sorts of things going on around the world that might boost you out of your current, you know, I guess, slumber or, or apathy and boost you forward because you go well. I actually can impact other lives. I can impact my own life. Let me go for this, and you know that's what podcasting really did for me. Learning more about the world, more about issues, you know, in different places that don't come up on my, you know, my main sort of sources, and listening to books. I mean, that's what I did. It was podcasts and books. So when I was going for a run, just just put them on,
0: mm. and
1: because you're going for a run, your mind's you, you get more clarity, and you're able to kind of consume the information a little bit more clearer so thank goodness for podcasts and audible
0: <laughs> yeah i love audible that's fantastic yeah. i just couldn't get through as many books as i managed to get through with audible just yeah of books, just wouldn't have the time um if, yeah. but you've inspired me it's nice and sunny here in melbourne this afternoon so i'm going to head out for a run this afternoon and put a brand new book on that i've got and i've been looking forward to it, so Awesome, Carl. I know you're. I know you're. Thanks, man. I know. I know you're pushed. Um, I know you got a, an appointment coming up. But uh, one question I do always ask everyone on this show, and I will not let you go without asking you, sir, is: How do you define the word hustle, and what does it really mean to you, and, and what drives your hunger for it? Evidently, you have a lot of hustle about you, man. You would have to to um, make them big changes in your life, like you have.
1: Thanks, Jake. Um, yeah, I, I guess you know probably hustle comes to me like you, like you talk about the hunger. It's like that inner drive, that kind of thing that really pushes you to go from a place that you are to a place that you want to be, and and you know with, with the, just choosing the deciding your destiny movement and writing a book and and healing my heart and you know doing photography or whatever it has been, you know it's finding that drive that's going to get you there. It's finding that reason. You know, and and you need a powerful reason because I think as Mike Tyson says, you know, you get punches in the ring and you get punches in life. Like, you know, it's 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 you know, you're gonna get things thrown at you, you're gonna get challenges, and you need to find a way to 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 get beyond that and achieve the things you wanna achieve. And I mean hustle is when you've got everything in alignment, you know, you've got your heart, your soul, your purpose in alignment, you know, and like your heart's singing, you know. You, you're playing the music, and it's it's something that can really take you out of situations that that aren't so great. I mean, I had when I was in the hospital, I had this dream of playing rugby for the for the South African team, the Springboks, and I didn't I didn't end up going back to rugby after my surgeries and everything. But just that idea alone, just that little flicker of hope, kept me going, and I think that's what the hustle is. You know, it's it's, it's having that. Vision for a better future.
0: Mm, Yeah, what a beautiful way to define it. I think you've really hit the note there. You know, especially when you said it's it it can be as simple as taking you from where you are to where you want to be, and you know, compounding that with the the ingredient of the hustle, it gets you there for sure. Gets you there, mate. It got you there. I mean, what a story. Thanks so much for sharing it and and giving us the time to share it. I'm going to drop your links in the comments here, um, of which there is quite a few. For, for Carl, so He's very active on social. Media. I mean, perhaps if you want to tell the guys who are listening on the audio, Carl, if they want to connect with you or find out more about you, where's the best place to do that?
1: Yeah, certainly. So the book is uh, coming out on kilespreedies.com. That's the website at the moment. And it's going to be there's going to be links on my Instagram, Carl and YouTube as well. So I, I'm there every day on YouTube doing a daily dose, like so an inspirational video. So something that I've taken away from the day and convert that into some sort of inspirational message that I've got from the day. So they're, they're probably my main platforms, you know, um, where, where this message has been seen. And then obviously my photography website. Um, yeah, that, that's that's basically it.
0: Spreedies. I knew I was getting it wrong. Spreedies. <laughs> <thanks. laughs> don't worry about it, mate. It's all right. <laughs> it's a toughie. Before, before, before we went by as well, but, you know, that's the beauty of the live show. You don't always get it right. And now uh, I think it's good. It's authentic. Cole, exactly, thank you. When the book is out, sir, I would love to have you back on and we can have a, a, a bit more of a deeper dive into that, which it's out, when is it? I don't want to say is it the end of April? It's looking like it's going to be out. I know how these things go. Though. I'm working on a book at the minute and they do. Uh, sometimes you have to push them back.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, mean, I had a, a high hope of uh, February 5th, you know, my, my grandmother shares the same birthday as me and I was like, oh, I'll get it all sorted and then I kind of got, start stuck into the editing and realized whoa the uh the editing is you know the book the book oozed out of me like after my run when i was going for a jog every time it just oozed out of me so the book oozed that oozed out of me but the um the editing is the is the big part and i'm getting towards the end of the editing and so that's that's um it's looking like end of april at this time um when it will be published but i'll, I'll let you know and, and i'll send you a copy for sure jake Fantastic,
0: mate. Yeah, I'd love to have a coffee. That'd be great. And, um, yeah, we'll get you back on the show and, and talk about the book in a bit more detail. That'd be great.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it.
0: Thank you for joining me. And thank you, folks, for listening or watching along on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. I really do appreciate it. If you've got some value from the show today, share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and your peers. They might just get some value, too. And then you have given else someone else some value. So that's a win-win-win for everyone. Thanks for listening, folks. Stay hungry, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep on hustling.